The Tom Sumner Program. Old fashioned radio for a new generation. Oh, it's always a pleasure to be with you, Tom. You know that. Easy question. I'll debate Andy Dillon on your show. Well, uh, that's a very good question. Uh, Hello, darling. This is Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, with Tom Sumner. I'm all right, Tom. How are you? Hey, lucky day, Mr. Ciao, Tom. How are you today? That's a good question. <laughs> Hi, this is actor, comedian Jonah Pody, and you're listening to the Tom Snyder, uh, Tom Smothers. Uh, I mean, I'm sorry, what's his name? Uh, Sumner. The Tom Sumner Program. Good morning, Tom. How are you doing? Hey, at least I got the Tom part right. The Tom Sumner Program. Old-fashioned radio for a new generation. Our fellow Americans. Right now, the COVID-19 vaccines are available to millions of Americans. And soon, they will be available to everyone. The science is clear. These vaccines will protect you and those you love from this dangerous and deadly disease. They could save your life. So we urge you to get vaccinated when it's available to you. That's the first step to ending the pandemic and moving our country forward. It's up to you. MTA Flint is nationally recognized for continually seeking to provide sustainable, reliable, and cost-efficient transportation for individuals throughout the region. Through work-related and non-emergency medical transportation and your ride services, MTA is moving people with future and alternative fuel technologies. More information about MTA Flint and specialized services is available at mtaflint.org. Hi, this is Gretchen Whitmer, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. Hey, on behalf Primo of Detroit, beats on the check. Hey, we want to present these buffs to our governor, hey. Big Gretch. Throw those buffs on her face, because that's Big Gretch. We ain't even about to stress. We got Big Gretch. Woo. You can find her in the press under Big Gretch. Fresh in a new dress. Yeah, that's Big Gretch. Throw the buffs on her face, because that's Big Gretch. We ain't even about to stress. We got Big Gretch. At all. You can find her in the press under Big Gretch. Fresh in a new dress. Yeah, that's Big Gretch. Come on. Big Gretch and this bitch playing no roles. At Excuse all. all the cussing. That's just how I get my flow on. For real. If you want to leave the state, you can stay gone. But right now, Big Gretch said stay home. All that protesting was irrelevant. Big Gretch ain't trying to hear y'all or the president. How we gonna take orders from a non-resident? Talking about it safe, but he ain't coming with the evidence. Big Gretch got him shook now. When it's all over, you invited to the cookout. When it's all over, you deserve to get took out. Big Gretch with the buffs on on the lookout. And she doing it for Michigan, so when she hit the stand, everybody should be listening. She on that pair of buffs with the ice in them glistening. On behalf of the whole Detroit mission. Throw the buffs on her face, cause that's Big Gretch. We ain't even about to stress. We got Big Gretch. At all. You can find her in the press. Under Big Gretch. Fresh in a new dress. Yeah, that's Big Gretch. Big Throw Gretch. the buffs on her face, cause that's Big Gretch. We ain't even about to stress. We got Big Gretch. At all. You can find her in the press. Under Big Gretch. Fresh in a new dress. Yeah, that's Big Gretch. Big Gretch.
welcome back everybody this is the tom sumner program and uh let's see how do i want to start this well lisa beth johnson is a television and comedy writer and phoebe bottoms is an east coast based author comedian and producer and the two of them have teamed up for uh a, a very special uh, literary project called Mom Jokes, like Dad Jokes, Only Smarter. And they join me by phone. Lisa, Phoebe, welcome to the show. Thank you Thanks so much. much for having us. Um, <laughs> I, can jokes be smarter and funnier? I mean, you know, I, it's subjective. We can figure it out through a, you know, some kind of poll, I guess. <laughs> it's kind of, you know, the name, of the, the name of the book is dropping just a little bit of shade on bad jokes because we all know that they're as lovable as they are. They're kind of corny. And well, it so depends. It's just a little bit of a wink and a nod. Is that is that Phoebe or Lisa? This is okay. Lisa. This is Lisa, yeah. Okay, because it's going to take me a minute to get used to... Uh, who's who and and get to where I can recognize your voices uh, separately we're, but we're yeah. fairly interchangeable so you know, <laughs> that's well we'll we'll get to that in a minute but uh, now when you when you're talking about dad jokes are you talking about jokes about dads or the jokes dads tell I think the we're talking about tell. yeah the yeah. jokes that dad tell this is Lisa and yeah I grew up with a very funny and corny dad. I love him to the moon and back. I love his humor. He gave me my sense of humor. But, you know, there there is kind of a... It's a whole genre, as you, were, you said before, Phoebe. Go ahead. Oh, just that, you know, dads have, uh, have really cornered the market on puns. And we have so much affection for them and, and what those are. Uh, I, I think the... You know, the mom joke angle is really just like uh, sort of a hyper-realistic view into, you know, what the day-to-day banal life of being a mom is. Just being sticky all the time and having your glasses <laughs> torn off your face every 15 minutes. We, we felt like, wait, maybe, maybe there's some levity to bring to that experience, <laughs> you know. I don't know if it's smarter, but it could also act as a bit of therapy in addition to uh, hopefully a laugh or two. You know, there have been lots and lots of dad books, but I don't remember uh, seeing a mom jokes book. Have there been some? You know, I think I think there's there's been a couple, but it's definitely a burgeoning uh market for moms to be able to laugh at themselves now and to kind of blow off steam in a way, you know, like there's a lot of our, a lot of jokes in the book are kind of just like, I need a glass of wine. I need you to go away, you know, to paraphrase, (laughs) but, but you know, mom, moms are always trying to have it all. They're trying to maybe have a career. They're trying to raise, you know, kids. And it's, it's like there is some steam that needs to be blown off with mom, especially during this time that we're in now. Is there? And a- I think that you know, there's a lot of, uh, you know, there's there's a big shift in being able to. I think for a really long time, moms had to also put on the facade of like holding it all together, and now we can kind of like loosen our belts a little bit and be like, no, it's hard. It's hard work, and we're doing it. But it's okay. It's okay to not be, you know. Uh, uh, 
What's what's Beaver Cleaver's mom's name? June. June. June Cleaver. It's okay to not have wear heels at five p.m. while you're making a pot roast. Sometimes it's okay to like have sweatpants on and like no makeup. <laughs> well, I go back to the days of Irma Bombeck, who told some. Oh yeah. Had some very funny lines in her columns, but it's. There really, I, I can't really think of a time when there were people who told jokes about moms. Is there something dangerous about doing that? I I think there is to <laughs> some degree because because it's 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 a dangerous job. You're creating a life, you're maintaining a life, and you know the flip side of that is it can be really scary and it can be very painful sometimes. And I think it's important to and know that those things are okay and you can still laugh at them. You can still have kind of like a darker sense of humor about those things <laughs> and those weird impulses you might have where you're like, can I tie my kid to a train track and just leave them there? <laughs> <You know? laughs> it's not something you're going to do, but the thought occurs. <laughs> a train track? That seems more like a dad thing. <laughs> <laughs> Seems like moms would we'll be more likely to way, you know. tie a kid to a tree or something. Yeah, yeah. To put it another way, you know, if you're in the grocery store with your kid and they're being horrible, can you just leave them there, you know? You have an impulse. Can I just leave them here? <laughs> <laughs> and then you can't because you like it. I think that's what I think that's what makes you know, makes it fun is like at the end of the day, everyone knows that you're gonna bring it home with you. But <laughs> for that for that half a second I think it's nice to have, you know, have someone else be like, I also think about that, and yeah. it's okay. <laughs> well, It's okay to not be perfect, it's, you know. The, the problem with leaving your kids at the store is there's always somebody that chases you out to the parking lot with them. <laughs> That's true. They homeward bound. They're always, they're just a boomerang. They're <laughs> their way back. <laughs> How did the two of you get together, and and what went into the decision to to do this collaboration? I think we were, you know, we've been friends forever. We've been best friends forever. And uh, when the pandemic began, we were kind of quarantined together. Um, we made a choice to do that to go to CB has CB's mom has a house in Minnesota where there's kind of a separate basement that's furnished and we decided to spend that time together and have a creative endeavor um, that we were going to complete during that time so we didn't just feel like we were sitting around waiting you know for (laughs) yeah we fled LA we fled LA when things started to take a turn we're like let's go let's go check out maybe a you know safer zone and this was definitely a project that I think helped us maintain our sanity. Uh, and if some of the jokes sound like they were written on a prison wall, just numbering the days down, <laughs> there's a little bit of that. <laughs> you know? Yeah, but that's but that's wonderful uh, but, that you two did that because I've I've talked to some writers and some very successful writers, New York Times bestsellers, and so on, and asked them about this time of of being you know sort of in quarantine and and what it did for their productivity and it's surprising the number that said you know that they were just kind of like stuck like a deer in the headlights 
that, that they yeah, really I, didn't that, do a that project. Really happened. And that happened to all the solo projects that I was working on. But to have someone, to have like a buddy in the cave with you on the other side of the rope really makes a difference where it becomes more of an experience than a chore. And you're not the sole uh, source of the material, you know? So it was a lot of like just sitting around bouncing stuff back and forth. And, you know, when you're locked in a house for four months together, Without any <laughs> any other enrichment, it was definitely a way to like make the time go by. And I have to I have to say, as someone who uh, also does some writing uh, that isn't a joke book, um, I think I I know a lot of other people who have said that you know they just feel creatively stifled, they don't know what to do, and I personally feel like that's okay. It's okay to sit and recharge and be worried or take care of yourself or experience the world maybe in a different way and it'll 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 all come out later you know to, <laughs> or binge you know watch I mean? netflix and hulu and stuff yeah <laughs> which is what yeah. a lot of people yeah. did look that's that's to say lisa's boyfriend and i spent a lot of time watching really horrible netflix reality shows <laughs> this wasn't this wasn't a four-month retreat of like complete 24 7 creative you know creative output there was a lot of garbage television being consumed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because you know. I, I, I was able to work a little bit remotely, so I would work, and then they, they would jokingly say, well, we're going to clock in and just watch garbage television together, too. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me, um, let me ask this. This is a, a, a pretty, um, pretty intensive collection of, uh, of jokes. Um, I'm trying to see here how many pages of jokes there are. It's like 240, 256 page book. And it's yeah. just shy of 300. Yeah. It's an epic. It is. It's a tome. Um, but <laughs> how much of it, how much of, how many of the jokes were collected and how many of them did you write? I would say well, we, we about I, 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 the publishers thought it would be fun to include tweets from other people and from other people, and we agree when we were discussing the parameters of the book. So we wanted to include, you know, a, a book of jokes that is just from one or even two vantage points can be kind of, uh, you know, oppressive. You're just hearing one person's voice, you know, and um, even as good as joke writers as you can be so i think it was kind of important to like pull from some other areas but you know i would say what four fifths are ours yeah i'd say two two thirds are us you know us rattling around some one-liners and then you know i think the fun the fun aspect of incorporating um some other you know some other material all of which is you know i should mention this all of which is credited in the book so please when you're flipping through and you see some something fun from them, go on and follow those people because these are just really there's some fantastic parent accounts out there and some really really funny moms. More with the authors of Mom Jokes, Lisa Beth Johnson and Phoebe Bottoms, straight ahead. Everybody's doing a brand new dance now. Hi, this is Mark Farner, and you are listening to the Tom Sumner Program. 
I'm Julie Lopez with Crime Stoppers. Have you ever wondered what to do if you have information about a crime or the whereabouts of a felony fugitive and you want the police to know but you need to remain anonymous? Well, here's what you can do. You can go to p3tips.com or download the mobile app. You can go to Crime Stoppers of Flint and Genesee County's Facebook page and click on the Leave an Anonymous Tip tab, or you can call 1-800-422-JAIL. All methods are anonymous, and if your help leads to a felony arrest, you may be eligible for a cash reward. Remember, your voice matters. While we've been staying safe at home, scientists have been on a journey. The destination, a COVID-19 vaccine. This journey began decades ago with research into other coronaviruses. Scientists built from there with months of research and development, cooperation with other experts worldwide, and clinical trials on tens of thousands of volunteers of diverse race, age, and health status. They arrived at a safe, effective vaccine and hundreds of thousands in Michigan have already been vaccinated. But the next step is ours. We need to get the vaccine when we can. Keep wearing masks correctly and taking precautions until we reach our destination, freedom from COVID-19 and getting back to the lives we love. Discover the facts for yourself at michigan.gov slash COVID vaccine. A message from the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services. The Tom Sumner Program plays host to the best political roundtable on radio every Wednesday from 10 a.m. to noon. Armchair Politics features great commentary and analysis about the headlines from local, state, and national politics with an alumni of world-class pundits, plus quotes, tweets, and those weird and wacky stories we call The X-Files. If it's Wednesday, catch Armchair Politics on the Tom Sumner Program. East Village Magazine is the monthly neighborhood magazine read all over Flint. With support from grants, donations, and advertisers, East Village Magazine's talented local writers give you an in-depth look at local news, issues, and people that make Flint, Flint. Copies of East Village Magazine are available at many of your favorite shops and restaurants around Flint or online at eastvillagemagazine.org. East Village Magazine, community-focused and community-supported. Discoveries. They happen when we least expect them in places we thought we knew. And discoveries have a way of teaching us a little more about ourselves along the way. Welcome to Flint and Genesee County, where up north meets down south. Home to Michigan's largest county park system and a vibrant culture. A place filled with discoveries we've yet to make throughout acres of beautiful lakes, wetlands, and woods, and in the diverse city beyond where the uplifting melodies of gospel choirs fill the air, where the work of renowned artists color the galleries and museums, where the fresh fruits and vegetables at the downtown farmer's market awaken our senses, and where the cultural center and planetarium broaden our view of the world. Let's spend a few days enjoying the wonders of Flint and Genesee County, where the joy of discovery is pure Michigan. Your trip begins at michigan.org. Technical assistance for the Tom Sumner Program is provided by Swiftlet Technology, engineering and IT services at swiftlet.technology. I know of a place where you never get harmed, a magical place with magical charms, indoors, indoors, indoors. 
Hi, this is Deb Cherry, Genesee County Treasurer, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Radio Show. Hey, welcome back, everybody. We continue my conversation with uh, uh, television and comedy writers and producers Lisa Beth Johnson and Phoebe Bottoms about their book, Mom Jokes, Like Dad Jokes, Only Smarter. And uh, Lisa, Phoebe, uh, thanks for sticking around and welcome back. Sorry to make you sit through all that. No, not at all. Happy to do it. Um, yeah. Now, in in the last segment, we were talking a little bit about how you quarantined together and, uh, you know, did this project together during the shutdown, which you decided to do in the Midwest and, and just leave L.A. <laughs> behind. But um, one of the things I was curious about is, as you were writing this material and putting it together, did you have like an open mic night there in the basement, uh, <laughs> just trying this stuff on each other? Yeah, we put suits on our dogs. and. <laughs> but I think that's the best way to put it, because I, I would say that both of our husbands got thoroughly sick of listening to jokes. <laughs> to our joke. It was, we did have a moment, we were in the kitchen, we were at the kitchen island, and we were like, okay, we've got our last five pages, you have to tell us which one, like, thumbs up, thumbs down, tell us which ones you like. And by that point, we were deliriously tired, so <laughs> part of it, part of them, we were like, I don't think that's even words anymore, so it's yeah. just a... You know, it wasn't an official open mic night, but they uh, we definitely had some help figuring out what was uh, at least uh, legible and understandable on the page. <laughs> now, neither one of you are moms. I'm very pregnant. So this is a... Uh, okay, is so one of you a, is a pre-mom. Exactly. Yes, I have... I don't have an external child yet, but he's really put me through the ringer so far. So this is a good, uh, and, and I was a live in nanny for 12 years for some newborns and toddlers. So, you know, I've been, I've been bitten and sticky. <laughs> so we, There's some personal experience to draw from. And, and, and who was that talking? Was that Phoebe or Lisa? That, that's Phoebe. Sorry. Hi. Yes. Yeah. Okay. And for my part, you know, I, for my part, this is Lisa. You know, uh, I'm I'm a dog mom. I'm also I have to, even though that's not my path in life. I have so much respect for moms. I was I I was a you know I was an observer of my mom raising you know three kids, doing it beautifully on her own. You know, there there being a daughter watching your mom it's it's kind of a universal experience that you know most women can relate to most people who have kids can relate to first of all you know but uh yeah there's just something really special about honoring moms and understanding that they can get so fed up sometimes and just wanting to help them blow off steam from everything they have to do now i can't remember which one of you was was talking when we went to break but you were saying something about having collected uh material and you were giving credit to uh, some of the mom sites that you referenced um, when right. you were putting right. this book together and it it makes me wonder um, I, I don't I don't know why exactly but I don't always think of moms as as being funny or having a sense of humor but yet you're finding that a lot are yeah 
Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, you know, I think that there's, especially with this kind of humor, I think there's been a, uh, you know, sort of a deficit in that. And there's just, there's so many funny women. There's so many funny, uh, you know, female comedians who have had kids and have had to, you know, balance both of those things and use their personal experiences as material. And it's just, uh, you know, incorporating um, other people's work into the, into the book, which again, they're, they're all credited and we really encourage people to find them and follow them on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, it's just like, you know, it's a universal kind of experience that I think works for, you know, for moms and dads, both for anyone who's been a child <laughs> or had a mom even. Are jokes it's, jokes? It's kind of, yeah, jokes are, it, that's exactly what I was just about to say, because jokes are just joke, jokes, honestly. There is, there are some things that are on more, on brand more, this is Lisa, by the way, for dads, you know, uh, you have your kind of corny one-liners, your puns, and then there are certain things that, like, and that moms kind of have on lock, which is just a little bit of a, a little bit more of a snark, a little, you know, snarky sassiness to them. Yes. A sardonic, you know, sense of reality. And I think that's a really fun, um, fun perspective to have of everyday life. You know, did you have any, any models to, to work from? I mean, did you use dad jokes or, Three moms walk into a bar. How do how do you? <laughs> <laughs> and they never come out. Um, no, but now I want to write that one. <laughs> <laughs> that could be a whole chapter. Um, I mean, you know, for one liners, uh, the models exist everywhere. It's such a classic um, classic format, and it it really does take some time, kind of getting in the headspace for that, especially. You know, doing stand-up, so many of the jokes I'm used to writing are, you know, longer uh, and, you know, improv-based. And, you know, you, you're writing them to get, um, to tell a story and everything. So uh, I, I think with one-liners using the influence of material that exists, like old street jokes and, you know, the, the rhythm of of that kind of humor was really fun to kind of dig into and get back to the sort of, like, primal old-fashioned humor that's that's what i yeah, was I, I, that's what i was thinking because it, it it sort of reminds me of of some old classics like like henny youngman and and rodney dangerfield where it's just sit him set it up hit it set it up hit it yep, yeah which, yeah and if you think about you were mentioning irma bombeck earlier and we're yeah. thinking you know about others like like Joan Rivers and sure and uh, oh I can't remember her name right offhand but uh, yeah there's there's been a lot of female comedians who kind of set the stage for this type of humor with their kind of like sarcasm uh, the sarcastic one-liners I think that we kind of wanted to channel to now this book is like 250 plus pages of jokes. How many did you throw yeah, out? Exactly. <laughs> Sorry, what? How many got thrown out? Oh, boy. We could publish, <laughs> I think, two separate books. One of things that were just mutants that should never see the light of day, and the other <laughs> one of jokes where we're like, oh, this is this is for an after dark. <laughs> oh. 
you know, things that, you know, uh, yeah, some bad, some bad jokes, both, you know, rude and not worthy <laughs> for the page. See, that already indicates. You, know that. you know, you need a bar to figure out where the middle line is. So, you know. See, you can al- already tell that mom jokes are like dad jokes, only smarter, because I don't think any would get thrown out from a dad joke book. <laughs> that is an excellent You should write a testimonial for the back of the book, because that is a brilliant observation that no one else has made, and I think it really it really identifies the beauty of both formats. So, yeah, uh, I mean, every, yeah, reprint I, them. Every every day is an open mic for a dad, or at least my dad, you know, and and that 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 makes life so much fun to have, you know, to have dad jokes around where you know you're just waiting for the pun, you're expecting it to be set up, and and, <laughs> and if you don't get it right away, they're happy to repeat the punchline five times in a row and yeah. stare at you until they get some kind of response. They're not happy until they actually hear the groan out loud. Right, exactly. <laughs> Which I re- you got to respect the perseverance, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and and the love of groaners. Um, oh, yeah, absolutely. Did did you come across? I, I mean, are there some groaners in the book? Oh yeah, oh, for sure. And we're when you're reading it, we're very well aware of it. So please, <laughs> please when you're when you see one that's like, oh boy. We know, but that's, you know, that's part of the fun of the book, I think. What, yeah, what yeah, makes is, a good joke? I think, I think what's what, one thing that we had fun doing was there's, there's some lists in here and that's a certain type of humor. So like you're setting up, you're setting up the punchline already in the title of the list and then you're just like giving other punchlines beneath it and that's quite that's quite fun. We we were kind of toying around with writing some longer jokes, and there are some longish ones in there, but it's not really the space for it for this particular book. But I think what makes a good jer- a good joke is just kind of the turn of the setup to the punchline and how hard the turn is. And I think how honest it is and how relatable. You know, I think when people are reading it, one of the one thing that I love is you know taking a hearing a joke or reading a joke and being like, oh, that's exactly the way, that's exactly something I've experienced, but I would never have thought to phrase it like that. And I think that's, you know, truly the beauty of comedy in every form is it's, you know, it's honesty for something that you haven't even uh, maybe observed consciously. But as soon as you hear it, you're like, oh, that's my life. That's, that's something that I, (laughs) that's like every day for me. And, uh, you know, feeling, you know, feeling seen by someone else and not so alone. Well, even, you know, before the before the pandemic, when, you know, people were still around other people, um, (laughs) there there was this like, what is that world? (laughs) I don't know. I'm looking forward to discovering it all over again. But yeah, but there was there's this sense that people have become very thin-skinned in the process of writing jokes, not just for this book, but, but for all of the work that you do. Um, are, are you especially concerned now about 
rubbing people the wrong way too much uh, with with jokes? There is always a you know, concern, but I think yeah. but I think oh, that yeah. the, the first hard and fast rule for me, and then I'll pass it over to Phoebe. This is Lisa. The first hard and fast rule for me is be careful punching down. Be careful punching down when you're telling a joke. If you're telling a joke about, you know, um, marginalized people or, you know, anyone, you know, anything that could be misconstrued as mean, you don't want to, you don't want to do that. You want to punch up if you can. And I think, uh, I think the important thing right now, um, is, you know, you have to you have to ride the middle a little bit and understand that humor is also subjective. And you do, you know, we do the best we can to make everything accessible for everybody. But at the end of the day, like someone's going to have a problem with something. And I think Lisa's absolutely right. Like as long as there's no intentional mean spiritedness to it, uh, there's you know, it's. <laughs> Someone's going to be offended by something, and you just kind of have to be okay with it at a certain point. Or not, not everyone's going to like everything, um, but you know, I think I think there is the world's in a place where sensitivity makes sense. But I don't think you can let it necessarily dictate every step of you know everything you do, especially with humor, where so much of what is beneficial of it is pointing things out that do need change and do need to like toe the line and be a little bit edgy for people to respond to and understand. I've seen Irish folk singers, you know, working a crowd and, you know, they end up telling more stories than they sing songs. And (laughs) in the process of doing that, very often it is poking fun at the differences between people. And for some reason, I don't know if it's the accent, if it's the environment, but they get away with it in ways that if anybody else made any of those references or tried to retell those jokes or stories, they, you know, would be on, on very shaky ground. Um, are, are there, are, are there just plain topics that are off limits? Yeah, I think so much of comedy has to do with perspective. And people can tell if something's coming from uh, not a place of honesty. So it's a lot easier to hear someone reference something that they've experienced. And it's just about staying honest and not having, you know, not being like, oh, they, they haven't experienced that thing. I don't know if they're necessarily the one to be able to speak to it. And I, I think that's kind of, that kind of speaks to that. Yeah. And this is Lisa. And I think the other side of that too, is that there's some, there's some tropes, there's some stereotypes that are tired and they're, uh, you know, they're kind of old world tropes and they, we kind of don't want them anymore. <laughs> you know, like, uh, you know, there's a lot of sexist jokes. There's a lot of racist jokes and, um, you know, it is a very fine line to skirt. But um, I think they're saying Irish accent makes everything better. I will say an Irish accent does make everything better, though. (laughs) I could listen to anything with an Irish accent, yeah. I, I know. What is it about, you know, a, a, a guy could just sit in a bar with a guitar in his lap, trash everybody, and they love him. <laughs> <laughs> Look, guitars, 
everything about that makes sense to me. I could listen to someone like say the worst things about every member of my family, but if they got a lilting accent and a guitar Mm -hmm. and the promise of a folk song afterwards, I'm just, I'm happy to sit there and smile like an idiot. (laughs) (laughs) But what was it about moms that, that you determined was fair game? To because pick on this one subset of human beings, and, yeah, and go I, after them. I think it's. I think moms would love to make fun. It's kind of a lot about moms making fun of themselves and what they have to endure while doing their job. I and, notice a lot of the jokes are written that way. They're yeah. they're they're very often the mom speaking. And, and and I hate to say this, but, like, we had a whole lot of fun doing mother-in-law jokes, too. <laughs> <laughs> when do those get old? There's a lot of ones yeah. where it's, what was the one where it's like, my son wanted a parrot, but I said, if you want to just hear squawking all day, go to my mother-in-law's house. <laughs> I mean, like, oh. I, I grew up with Honey Youngman. I grew up with Rodney Dangerfield. Sure. Some things mm. just never go out of style. <laughs> yeah, oh, and, that's and that's kind of the thing. We all have mothers. We all. You know, a lot of us have mother-in-laws or we're familiar with it. So it's it's something that everyone can at least touch on in some way. <laughs> but I think it's good to, you know, I think it's good to be able to poke fun at yourself. And then also I just think, you know, from the perspective, writing from the perspective of a mother, there is something, you know, there's something fun about ragging on your kid who, of course, you love more than anything else. And that kind of makes it a, you know, bit of a fun juxtaposition. To go That's after them. That's kind of funny when, when they're doing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, this is Lisa. It was kind of funny in some instances to be like, wow, this is really harsh to kids. And you're like, who cares? <laughs> we, we all know we love the kids. That's never the question. Yeah. Moms, moms can say anything. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but, but it is kind of funny how a lot of the jokes, well, because they're mom jokes, there are going to be kids, and very often the kids are the butt of the joke. Yeah, yep. And I, I was talking about punching down earlier. You really can't punch down hard enough. Like, like <laughs> I realize as I say that, I'm like, oh my god, we really did the real down. short. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah, you know, kids have had it too good for too long. <laughs> they get all the snacks they want. You know, I'd love to sit around and eat goldfish and watch TV for five hours a day. But you know, Jeez, I thought been, that I thought that's so what quarantine was. Of being, I thought that's what quarantine was. Yeah, I mean, yeah it definitely. Don't tell anybody. <laughs> <laughs> Three fourths of my life. I but, you put, know, I've been I'll really sick the first time. trimester of pregnancy, and I'm I'm like, yeah, I'll make fun of you. <laughs> <laughs> and nobody and better say anything. Remember. It's the yeah. sacrifices that mothers make for their kids with you know and the suffering that they have to do that makes it okay (laughs) and we're we're one of the only species on earth that don't eat our own children so i feel like this is at least it's a little better than that yeah (laughs) it's 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 a step up yeah Yeah. (laughs) we just get to poke fun at them every once in a while yeah well, I, this is a real fun project, and I, I can only imagine. Did, were you just laughing out loud a, a lot of the time when you were putting this stuff together? 
Yeah, and sometimes, this is Lisa, and sometimes it was so bizarre because we would just get so goofy. We didn't know whether to keep writing because everything seemed so funny. Or if we're like, maybe we should take a break and come back on and look at this with more serious eyes. But we would get into yeah. those really, really, ser- really silly areas where you're just laughing so hard. And we, you know, we were looking back through the book again, getting ready for this, just, you know, being like, oh, what do we like? And there's definitely some jokes where we're like, I remember so clearly sitting in front of you and us laughing so hard at this, but now looking at it again, <laughs> it's like, you know, it's, uh, it's funny, but there's, uh, you know, it, the experience of writing it, I think, was great. And we hope that that comes through in reading Absolutely. it. You know, it's, they're, just, they're just goofy, you know. There's, some, uh, there's, something in, there's something inherently funny to me about, you know, people writing comedy in teams and having to remind themselves to get serious because we're doing comedy. Right. <laughs> yeah. There were also a lot of times, too, where Lisa and I would be right, like where it did get kind of, especially with editing and punching up the jokes, where by that point, like, it really becomes a, a business of, you know, you have to tweak words, you have to figure out punctuation, you have to figure sure. out, like, okay, how do we make this shorter? So we would be sitting there and, you know, one of us would say a joke and the other one, the response is like a very stoic consider you know considering like uh editor's response and that's always a little disconcerting (laughs) but you know you get used to it when you yeah you're like what do you think about this and then she's just staring off into space you know (laughs) i'm like uh, i mean i'm i'm bad at math so this is the most you know i'm putting the same amount of attention towards solving some kind of revolutionary equation as I am, you know, a joke about tying your kid to a train track. Yeah, you're just, you're doing mental math to figure out how to make it the most funny it could possibly be. <laughs> exactly. And, and the worst is when you, when you tell the joke to someone and they just look at you stoically and say, that's funny. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so there was a lot of that. I can appreciate that because I think that's because we're, we have done comedy and do do comedy there's we we also have a lot of friends who are comics so when you when you're saying anything to a comic they're so imbued with it naturally in their head it's so it's such a relief when you can make a comedian laugh it's like a whole other level of a thing (laughs) well when it's your job they're really you know you're like you divorce yourself a little bit from the audience experience and you're like listening trying to figure out how to help someone make it better, which really t- requires you to shut off the joy part of your brain. <laughs> you know, it's disconcerting a little bit, but necessary. You have to be numb to the funny. But um, Exactly. That's a perfect way of putting it. More with the authors of Mom Jokes, Lisa Beth Johnson and Phoebe Bottoms, straight ahead. <laughs> Where you never get harmed A magical place With magical charms Indoors, indoors, indoors Take it away Hello there, citizens 
Darkwing Duck here, and every time I'm in Flint fighting crime, I always stop by the Tom Sumner program. Don't forget, stay dangerous. Darkwing Duck out. While we've been staying safe at home, scientists have been on a journey. The destination? A COVID-19 vaccine. This journey began decades ago with research into other coronaviruses. Scientists built from there with months of research and development, cooperation with other experts worldwide, and clinical trials on tens of thousands of volunteers of diverse race, age, and health status. They arrived at a safe, effective vaccine, and hundreds of thousands in Michigan have already been vaccinated. But the next step is ours. We need to get the vaccine when we can, keep wearing masks correctly, and taking precautions until we reach our destination, freedom from COVID-19, and getting back to the lives we love. Discover the facts for yourself at michigan.gov slash COVID vaccine. A message from the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services. The Tom Sumner Program has hosted live candidate forums for local, state, and national offices at bars, restaurants, coffee shops, and colleges. Armchair Politics has gone to Lansing, Frankenmuth, Birch Run, and Hell. Hell, Michigan, that is. We've done shows all the way to the Mighty Mac and back to the bricks. We've done remotes from a baseball stadium in Lansing, a grocery store opening in Flint, and from a moving train. We'd like you to tell us where to go next. You can write to us at TomSumnerProgram.com, call us at 810-339-8255, or contact us on Facebook. This is your chance to tell the Tom Sumner Program where to go. Objection. I object. I object to that, Your Honor. Oh, hi, Mom. What's up? Dana, what are you doing? Oh, you know, just um, Attorney General stuff. Listen, I have a legal question. What is it, Mom? I just got a call from the water company. Apparently, your father has not been paying the bill. I guess they're going to turn the water off because we owe more than $1,000 now. Can you believe it? Actually, I can't. So listen, we just have to send them $200 in Edible Arrangements gift cards and that will keep the water on. Now, here's the legal question. What is the website for Edible Arrangements? Mom, it's an imposter scam. Imposter scam. Is that .com or .edu? No, the call was a scam. Scammers will pretend to be a government agency or a utility company or someone else you might do business with. A big red flag is if they tell you that you can pay them using gift cards. So when in doubt, ask for the information to be sent to you in writing. And never give a caller or someone you don't know your personal information or your money. If you do suspect an imposter scam, Report it to my office at mi.gov slash agcomplaints. Okay, all right. And Dina, where do I file a complaint that my daughter hasn't visited in over a month? Does your office have a website for that? Okay, Mom, I'm hanging up now. 
Michigan Attorney General Dana Nessel. Visit mi.gov slash agcomplaints for your connection to consumer protection. This is U.S. Senator Gary Peters, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. More with the authors of Mom Jokes, Lisa Beth Johnson and Phoebe Bottoms, straight ahead. Let me, let me ask this, because we have to wrap up here pretty quick, but I'm having so much fun, I, I almost feel like I, I was there helping out somehow. I don't know. <laughs> but um, what's, what's next for the two of you? Lisa, why don't you go first? Well, I'm currently uh, working. I, I help write and produce television, so I'm I'm doing that for a couple more months, and then I'm kind of then it's kind of off to regroup and start to build another project. I'm not quite in that mode yet, but I'll get there. And but Phoebe, on the other hand, has a lot going on actually. And Phoebe, uh, how about yeah, you? Yeah, I'm starting. Yeah, I'm actually uh, starting a mom podcast with another friend of mine. Uh, pretty soon, so stay tuned for that. More information will be uh, on my Instagram, Phoebe Bottoms, P-H-O-E-B, so it's phonetic. <laughs> it's a bit of a phonetic uh, minefield, but uh, yeah, it's um, it's been fun try, you know, starting this new phase of my life, uh, gestating a person and just trying to figure out, you know, the next step of how to integrate that into what I'm already doing. And I produce a show in New York if you're in that area and want to laugh. That's, uh, you know, things are getting back up and running for live entertainment, which is wonderful because I'm ready to get, you know, get my life back on track, as I'm sure we all are. Phoebe, is it true that you uh, live in a house that's older than baseball? It is true. <laughs> it's, it's older than sewing machines and baseball. It was built in 1880. Wow. And uh, that's in when we first bought it, I was, yeah, that's in Connecticut. And, uh, you know, when we first bought it, I was like, we got to figure out, you know, what we predate. And it's great. It feels like we're just kind of borrowing it and, you know, we'll pass it on to the next people. It's it's a lot of fun. little piece of history. Well, I'll tell you, it's really fun talking with both of you. And if if, uh, if you don't mind, I always like to let listeners know where they can find out more. Um, obviously, they're going to be interested in the book Mom Jokes Like Dad Jokes Only Smarter by Lisa Beth uh, Johnson and Phoebe Bottoms. Um, but do you have websites where people can find out more about you and your work past, present, and future? I, ha- I yeah. have a... Yeah. I have a... Twitter handle at LadybirdJ and uh, um, and Phoebe. You do Instagram? Yeah, my you know I lucked out. My parents gave me a name that so far seems like no one else has. So you can pretty much find me on any <laughs> on any platform uh, website. PhoebeBottoms.com at PhoebeBottoms uh, on Twitter and Instagram. And uh, yeah, come come see what else we got going on at some point. Well, thank you America? both for spe- <laughs> thank you both for spending this time with me this morning. I appreciate it. Yeah, we were, it was great. Yeah, thanks so much. Take care. Once again, the uh, book is called "Mom Jokes Like Dad Jokes Only Smarter" by Lisa Beth Johnson, who is a uh, television and comedy writer who has. Uh, 
who started out doing stand-up and writing for The Onion and Comedy Central's Indecision. And uh, her partner uh, in in uh, jokes is uh, Phoebe Bottoms, an East Coast-based author, comedian, and producer. Um, she's been featured on MTV and Adult Swim. And, uh, and we'll leave it there. We'll have more of the Tom Sumner program straight ahead. <laughs> Welcome to this presentation of the Comedy Spotlight on the Tom Sumner Program. So now, in order for you to understand what I'm going to do next, I have to go way back and speak about my great-grandfather, whom we traced back to Marie Antoinette. As a matter of fact, my great-grandmother traced him back there a couple of times. But he was partly responsible for the birth of my grandfather. He thought. <laughs> my grandfather was born in Denmark. He was Danish after his mother and Swedish after a friend of his father's. <laughs> he was one of the great inventors of his time. He invented the burglar alarm, which unfortunately was stolen from him. <laughs> He was a brilliant man. He was, among other things, a PhD. Just a f- <laughs> So was his wife. However, besides being a brilliant f- <laughs> he also was a great chemist. He was the one who invented the cure for which there was no disease in the world. <laughs> Unfortunately, his wife later caught the cure and died. <laughs> he was a strange personality. He always experimented with something. Once he... Um, he crossed an Idaho potato with a sponge. <laughs> Imagine that silly idea. It tasted horrible. But it sure held a lot of gravy. I think his greatest invention was a soft drink, which he called Four Up. <laughs> but it wasn't successful at all. So he invented Five Up. But still it didn't click, you know. Then came Six Up. But still nobody liked it. So he gave up and died heartbroken a couple of weeks later. But little did he know how close he came. <laughs> Then I was born, and when that happened, my parents were, well, they were not poor, but they didn't have any money. <laughs> so I was actually born at home. And when my mother saw me, she was taken to the hospital. <laughs> One day, 
when I was four years old, my father came home. And he found me in the living room in front of a roaring fire, which made him very angry because we didn't have a fireplace. <laughs> there I sat, here my father stood, burning up. He pointed at me, see, my father was left-handed. He always pointed this way. I was sitting on the other side. So my father said, Borger. He didn't know my first name. See, in my father's family, we had a little trouble up here in the head. My father was all right, but his two brothers, my male uncles. You know, in Denmark, we always distinguish, you know. I don't know if you're familiar with the fact that we have three sexes over there. Male, female, and convertible. Matter of fact, I was supposed to have been back to Denmark this summer, but I ain't going. <laughs> oh, once I made up my mind what I was going to be, and that's the way it's going to be. <laughs> what I meant to tell you before was, and this is not a joke, this is really a fact, that Two weeks ago, we celebrated my uncle's 103rd birthday. Isn't that something? Thank you very much. 103rd birthday. Unfortunately, he wasn't present. Could he be? He died when he was 29. <laughs> but what I meant to say was that he was the one who went crazy. And his mother used to say that he went crazy because he never got the woman he loved. And that's a lot of nonsense because his brother went just as crazy. <laughs> and he got her. This was another comedy spotlight on the Tom Sumner program. Old-fashioned radio For a new generation Tom Sumner Program.com The Tom Sumner Program.com The Tom Sumner Program.com From the Tom Sumner
don't touch that dial. You're listening to Tom Sumner.